For the second straight week, the Seahawks get the job done in the preseason, this time thanks to some explosive plays on offense from their rookies in a win over the Cowboys. I'm going to be breaking it all down in our latest post-game edition of Locked On Seahawks. You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be doing our latest post-game installment here from Lumen Field, the Seahawks getting a preseason victory over the Cowboys on their home field, moving to 2-0 in the preseason. I'll be breaking everything down from that contest, including dishing out game balls and offense, defense, and special teams, as well as my weekly three-up, three-down, which players bolstered their stock heading towards roster cutdowns and which players didn't help themselves in the win over the Dallas Cowboys. A special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Whether you're here in downtown Seattle or listening in from Colorado Springs, we greatly appreciate your support. Now for our lead story here on our postgame edition of Locked on Seahawks. For a second straight week, the Seahawks were victorious in preseason play at Lumen Field, a victory over the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys did not play very many of their starters, but the Seahawks certainly did. Geno Smith getting a few drives in today's game. The offensive line, the entire projected starting offensive line playing in the first quarter of this football game as well. Defense, not quite as many starters playing for the Seahawks, but the stars of the show, as expected, were the rookies, both drafted and undrafted variety, getting a bunch of explosive plays on the offensive side of the football. And it all started on the second drive of the game when Geno Smith was still in there. The Seahawks had back-to-back 28-plus-yard plays. Smith hitting Jake Bobo, who again showed off his fancy ability at the line of scrimmage to win with his release. Ends up getting outside separation, 28-yard reception. He did fumble at the end of the play, but thankfully he recovered it. And then the very next play, Zach Charbonnet, the first explosive run that we've seen from the second-round pick out of UCLA. He gets downhill and then shoots his way outside and turns that into a 29-yard run that vaulted him deep into Cowboys territory. A sack on Geno Smith almost disrupted that scoring drive, but Jason Myers connects from 57 yards out. And then once Drew Locke checked into the game, the explosive plays continued. He came out with the gun out of his holster ready to fire, and he was throwing the ball downfield. Jackson Smith and Jigba with his longest reception so far as a Seahawk, a 48-yard catch, or he almost was Willie Mays-esque, letting the ball get into his hands late, late showing of his hands, dropped in the bucket by Locke, and then nearly gets into the end zone. He's tackled at the one-yard line. Sir Roderick Thompson Jr. also had a 29-yard run. He could have had two of them in this game, but one of them was called back for a second straight preseason game due to a holding penalty. So the rookie out of Texas Tech continues to be impressive with the limited opportunity that he is getting out there as well. So that was really the tale of this game for the Seahawks. They were behind 7-3 to at the end of the first quarter, and then the offense was able to find traction once Drew Locke was 
entering into the lineup and these rookies really started to pitch in. But you got those two 20-plus yard plays in the last drive that Geno Smith was out there. And then Drew Locke averaging almost 20 yards per attempt in this game. Big reason why is those rookies contributing with big plays. They were able to get the run game going in the second half as well. And so that was the exciting development of this game. And it wasn't just about the rookies on the offensive side of the ball either. Tyjon Lindsay, undrafted rookie receiver out of Oregon State, had a 34-yard punt return in the second half of this game. And John Hall, one of their backup receivers, another undrafted rookie, he blocked a punt. So there were explosive plays on all three sides of the football this game, a ton of them on offense to fuel a second-quarter surge that had the Seahawks going into the half up 17-7. to And on special teams, they were able to get those big plays from John Hall as well as Tyjon Lindsey on defense. Several rookies contributed in this contest, getting after the quarterback, stuffing the run. So really, it was a big play fest. And that was the exciting, exciting thing to watch. Pete Carroll was talking about it after the game, being able to see the passing game come together. We didn't get to see very much Geno Smith, but he looked poised. He looked composed he looked like he was ready for week one to be here and five for six 46 yards not an overly impressive stat line but still he was throwing the football well you can see the arm talent able to connect on that big play to Jake Bobo you see the same thing with Drew Locke who is showing growth every single time he goes out on the field he was talking about this after the game he feels like he is in complete command of this offense and it's helped with his decision making Every time he's going on the field, he thinks he can lead the Seahawks right down the field for points, and every quarterback wants to feel that way. So you can just see the amount of talent that the Seahawks have in their skill positions and at the quarterback spot right now, and it leads for preseason games. Things are coming together. They were able to get some big plays in the run game as well. Offensive line creating some push against a Dallas defensive line that, quite frankly, their second and third stringers could stack up against some team's starting defensive line. They have a ton of talent, both with their edge rushers and defensive tackles. Being able to come out against a talented Cowboys team that has a lot of depth on the defensive line and impose their will running the football being able to protect the quarterback, being able to run play action effectively, which they did throughout this football game, especially when Drew Locke and Holton Aylers were in the contest, being able to see those explosives happen, explosive after, after explosive in this contest, really changed the game for the Seahawks. And that was the telling story because they had their share of issues on the defensive side of the ball, but they didn't give up a bunch of those explosives as they were able to produce on the offensive side. And that really was the difference for them, getting that 10-point lead at halftime and being able to hold off the Cowboys who scored quickly to open the third quarter, didn't score any more points than the rest of the game. The Seahawks were able to turn those big plays into extended drives, a couple of them being quick drives as well to put points on the board. And so a lot of encouraging developments on the offensive side of the football with chunk plays for the Seahawks here in this victory against the Cowboys. Which players stood out the most from this preseason victory against Dallas? I'll be handing out my weekly game balls on offense, defense, and special teams. These were actually pretty tough decisions at all three sides of the football. I will be breaking those down with my game balls coming up next year on our post-game edition of Locked on Seahawks, which is brought your way 
by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. When I was a site manager, LinkedIn Jobs was my go-to to post writing positions to land top candidates, and they made the process easy and seamless. All you have to do is create your job post and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked in NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the post-game edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to have all the 12s listening in here late on this Saturday night. Obviously, a 7 p.m. start. Game didn't get over till well after 10 o'clock and press conferences. It's a late evening in these preseason games. Greatly appreciate all the 12s that are tuning in. And as always, thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. For every dayers out there, Rob Rang and I will have our in-depth Monday musings coming up, looking back at the second preseason game after we have a chance to get our hands on some All-22 film. We'll have some different takeaways that we have just instantly coming out of the game as I'm going to be discussing right now. Let's get to our game balls. And on offense, there were a few candidates here. I consider Jackson Smith and Jigba with that 48-yard reception. He led the team with 58 receiving yards, continues to live up to the hype as one of Seattle's first-round picks, has played really well in these first two preseason games. Even though there was a punt that he should not have fair caught today, that is a lesson that I'm sure he will learn having discussions with the special teams coaches. But on offense, he continues to be a dynamic playmaker that's getting open. It's really soft hands. You can see the uh, technician that he is running his routes. But I got to give the credit in this game ball. We got to give it to the guy that made the throw there. That might have been the best throw that I've seen Drew Locke make since. The Seahawks acquired him as part of the Russell Wilson trade. And there have been a few eye-popping throws that he has made in his limited snaps with the Seahawks. But this throw was an absolute beauty. A corner route to Jackson Smith and Jigba. He feathered it over the top of the corner. As he described, that corner was playing, trying to get over the top of Jackson Smith and Jigba. And Drew Locke was able to take advantage of that by getting the football over the top. He dropped the bucket in. It was a perfect throw. If you look at the numbers for Drew Locke today, five for six, 119 yards. So he had 119 passing yards on five completions, 19.8 yards per attempt in this football game as i mentioned earlier drew lock came out guns blazing and he was throwing the ball extremely well off play action that was probably the biggest thing that i noticed today the comfort level he talked about the set of the game he's just more comfortable with the ability to when he gets out of his play fake knowing how plays are going to play out he's just more comfortable with all the schemes now in year two with the Seahawks running Shane Walton's offense. And so would you consider all those factors in play here? What he was able to do today, he had a 21-yard pass to Noah Fant that was on a bootleg play action. Very next play, he hits Cody Thompson, 32 yards. He had that 48-yarder to Jackson Smith in Jigba. He was excelling throwing the football downfield. And luckily, the Seahawks were able to dodge a bullet too because – 
the last play that he last pass that he had was an 11 yard completion and banged up his knee on that play roughing the passer was called and luckily he was able to stay in for the next play went into the blue medical tent he told everybody after the game that he's doing fine avoided significant injury but he played one of the best games that I've seen him play. He was consistent. He was making smart decisions with the football, didn't throw into double coverage, no close calls on interceptions. He was in complete command of this offense. So Drew Locke continues to find his way in Shane Waldron's offense. His chemistry that he's got with players like Jack Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo, Pete Carroll's talking about it after the game. You want to prepare him as if he's going to start every weekend. He seems like he has really accepted that role now, and he is handling it the way that they need him to, where he is taking care of each week. I need to be ready to step in and be a starter, be prepared at that level, and he has embraced that role. You're seeing it on the field with the way that he's throwing the football and just the way that he is orchestrating this offense. So two weeks in a row that he's played really well, has played good football. You can see the arm talent. You can see the mobility. And just overall, much better command of the offense. And you can see that in the quick decision-making. He just looks like a different quarterback out there. That's good news for the Seahawks. If Geno Smith, you hope he doesn't get banged up at any point this year, but if you need Drew Locke to come in at some point, right now your comfort level, your confidence in him is rising that you could win football games if somehow he has to come in for the Seahawks. Looking at the defensive side of the football, I've got Tyreek Smith as my game ball winner, and – I'm going to admit, at the beginning of the game, Tyree Smith, I was looking at him wondering, are we going to see the flashes from this kid? Because going into training camp, I was excited to see what he could do for the Seahawks after missing all of last season. And as he told us after the game, I've got to shake off my rust. And he was a little bit nervous in that first game in more than a year, playing for the Seahawks last week. He was incredibly disruptive in this game. Seven tackles. One sack, also had a tackle for loss against the run. That was one of my favorite plays in this entire game. The ability to slant hard inside, got a perfect jump off the snap, beat the tackle inside, and then wraps up the ball carrier for a two-yard loss. On his sack at the end of the game, he had to run around about 70 yards to get after Will Greer, who maybe lost 30 yards on that play, was just trying to make something happen on fourth down with the clock expiring. And... Uh, Tyree Smith was able to get after him for a sack. And so I thought this was easily, we haven't gotten to see much from Tyree Smith. This is easily the best that he's played. He was good against the run. He was active rushing the passer. Last week, it was very hit and miss for him in his first game back in a year. I thought he played a much more consistent game and he needed it because Levi Bell was coming after his roster spot potentially. And I thought Levi Bell played well again today. Didn't get a sack, but had some nice tackles against the run. But Tyree Smith was the star of the show, played a really sound game on D defense and if they can get him rolling with his ability to rush the passer and his ability to stuff the run he was actually a pretty good run defender at Ohio State if he's able to put everything together in his second season here then the Seahawks have a really nice stable of edge rushers a lot of young players that still have untapped upside that's going to be a big deal for the Seahawks going into the season they're hoping to keep all these guys fresh if you're rotating five or six players in that position players like Boye Mafe Uchenna Nuosu aren't going to be playing too many snaps. They're going to stay fresh, and that's going to allow them to really get after quarterbacks. So I like the rotation they're building. If they could get some consistency, Tyreek Smith needs another good preseason game against the Packers at Lambeau Field. But it feels like this is the type of momentum booster that he needed after missing last season, getting back in his game, finding a rhythm. 
I thought it was a pretty impressive performance from number 92. And then for the special teams game ball, I had a couple of undrafted rookies that were contestants for this, but we got to go with the play at the end that ended up giving the Seahawks a 10-point win, creating a safety, and that is the block punt by John Hall, the pride of Northwood University. And this is a player that had been pretty quiet in the first two preseason games. Got a few targets today from Holton Aylers. One of them he nearly made at a remarkable one-handed catch, but wasn't able to quite reel it in. But I was impressed by what I saw on the blocked punt in the fourth quarter. You can see the quickness and the ability to shoot inside against the blocker. And then the technique at the end, I think fans take for granted how difficult it is to leap and block punts. How many times do we see guys running into the kickers or the punters because they are not able to get their jump timed correctly. That was not the case here with John Hall. Leaped out, perfect timing, gets his hands extended, and he's able to block the punt. It was an excellent play by Hall that ended up setting up a safety. I thought that Jake Bobo was going to recover it in the end zone. He wasn't quite able to corral the football, but the Cowboys player, the corralled it, that ended up going out of the end zone, and the Seahawks get a safety. Nice play by John Hall, earned accolades from Pete Carroll after the game, rightfully so, because that was technically sound. That is what you want to see on special teams, aggressive play, perfect timing, perfect technique, and a signature play for a player that right now would be on the outside looking in for the 53-man roster. But maybe a play like that gets him onto the radar as a practice squad candidate because of his special teams ability. Certainly a play that he's going to remember for the rest of his life in front of the Lumen Field crowd in a Seahawks victory in the preseason. You're listening to the post-game edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. A special thanks to all the 12s, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. We just handed out our game balls. Let's shift the focus now to our weekly three-up, three-down stock watch. Who improved their stock the most in this football game and which players didn't do enough? Let's start with the three up, the players that made a positive impact. And I got to start in the backfield. The Seahawks had a pretty banged up running back group going into this game. Even though Ken Walker III did dress, he did not play. I didn't expect that he was going to. Kenny McIntosh isn't back yet, and Bryant Kobach is dealing with an injury. They started Zach Charbonnet. He played a couple of drives, had that nice 29-yard run, and really the rest of the game, they had a little bit of run for Wayne Tolawapa from Washington, but most of the carries ended up going to Sir Roderick Thompson Jr., and I thought he played really well for a second straight week, and unfortunately, he's had two games in a row where he has had a long run taken away by a hold that, quite frankly, I didn't feel like impacted the run, but the officials threw the flag anyway. Both those plays get called back. He had a 30-yard run in this game. They got a race. But unlike last week, he was able to get a little bit of revenge in the fourth quarter when he had a 29-yard run. And Pete Carroll's talking about it. He is a slasher. That's his running style. Not necessarily a guy that's going to bowl over people, not going to truck uh, truck through defenders, but he is a slasher that is a little quicker than you would anticipate given his body type. He's kind of a top-heavy running back, lean legs, but this is a guy that slashes through the defense and had a really nice 29-yard run where he was tiptoeing along the sidelines. I thought maybe he was going to stay in bounds and try to go to the end zone. 
unfortunately ended up going out of bounds. But Seattle wound up scoring a field goal on that drive. And I saw a couple of nice pass protection plays from him as well. This is a kid that got a ton of snaps. Pete Carroll seemed impressed with his play at the end. He's not going to be making this roster with the running back talent that Seattle has. But he could be the top contestant now to be a practice squad candidate. You could never have too many solid running backs on your roster and your practice squad. And I think Thompson has done enough in these first two games. If he can finish strong in Green Bay, that he could be a potential practice squad insurance policy for the Seahawks to keep in the backfield. As for my two other big winners for the Seahawks today on our three up, three down, I want to go to the special teams avenue with Tyjon Lindsay, who is a player that hasn't done much up to this point, at least hasn't had name recognition in training camp and the preseason. But this guy's a jitterbug. He's a smaller receiver that's really athletic. He's lightning quick. And you can see that on his punt return. I actually was a little bit concerned on that play because his back was facing the defense when he caught the ball. He was going backwards trying to catch it. And then he somehow got to his right, found a running lane, and then got to the sideline and bolted 34 yards. It was a really nice punt return. Seattle's trying to figure out who's going to hold that job this year. Maybe Tyjon Lindsay here midway through the preseason could start throwing his helmet into that race a little bit he also had a couple of receptions created some yards after the catch so it was a really solid game for him both on offense and special teams and he stood out to me today as a player that i wasn't necessarily expecting a big game from but he contributed to the victory effort in two phases of the game and trey brown is my last selection here and i'll admit after the first quarter tonight he wouldn't have been on my list because he did have a couple of rough plays he missed a tackle also was involved with Dallas's touchdown. I don't know what the assignment was supposed to be there. He was looking around as if somebody else was supposed to pick up the flats, but he was the only defender that was in the zip code when Rico Dowdle caught a touchdown pass in the flats from Cooper Rush. So that play is probably going to fall in his lap, though we don't necessarily know what the assignments were there. He ended up with the interception as versus the Seahawk, though, in the second half, jumped a route to Semo Fajoko, and that ended up being a crucial play for the Seahawks. It erased three plays, our three points off the scoreboard, and a 22-yard return. We also got to see Brown go back and at least be back for punt return. Didn't get any opportunities to actually take one back, but he played most of this football game. That is a big deal with most of last year recovering from an injury. He needed those snaps. He looks like he's confident out there. There's been a few mistakes in these first two preseason games, but that interception, a tackle for the loss as well, he made some big plays in this football game. So he helped his standing in that quarterback competition at left corner. He played a little bit on both sides in this game as well. That versatility only going to help him as he tries to battle for snaps in this crowded backfield. As for the three down, let's start on the offensive side of the football with a player that had plenty of opportunities to make plays today, but unfortunately did not make a single catch. And that is Jareek Young. He missed the preseason opener with a groin hip injury. And Geno Smith tried to get the football to him on the first drive. He was covered tightly, but it was a really good throw by Geno Smith. And you would like to see number 83 be able to catch that football. He wasn't able to corral it. Had two other plays with Drew Locke where the quarterback tried to squeeze the football into him and he wasn't able to bring it in. 
and then also had a deep ball that he was open. And unfortunately, in this case, Holton Aylers just didn't get the football to him accurately, threw it too far out of bounds. Wouldn't have been a catch even if he was able to get his hands on it. So some of it was not Derek Young's fault. One of those plays, I thought there was a little bit of pass interference as well. But this was a game where he needed to come through with a few catches with this being a very competitive receiving group. I still think he's on this football team, but he didn't do anything to necessarily help himself today with being unable to bring in any of those targets thrown his direction. No receiving yards, no receptions, and didn't have any notable plays on special teams either. He's going to need to make some plays against the Green Bay Packers to ensure that he's on this roster because Cody Thompson had a big catch in this game. Tyjon Lindsey played well. The Seahawks also got over 40 receiving yards from Jake Bobo in this game. He continues to impress. So this is not a given that Tariq Young is on this roster. He needs to step his game up in the final preseason game. And then looking at my last two players, they're in the secondary, two players at different segments, uh, different segments, excuse me, of their career. Jarek Reed, the second, the sixth round pick out of New Mexico, and Mike Jackson, who has been one of Seattle's best players throughout training camp, played well in the mock scrimmage earlier as well. He struggled mightily today, though, against Jalen Tolbert, one of the Cowboys reserve receivers, a fast receiver that had a 36-yard reception against him. The ball was underthrown, and Jackson ended up grabbing, got tangled up a little bit with the receiver. He still caught the football, also gave up a first-down reception on a fourth down play as well as another third down conversion. So it was a difficult game for Mike Jackson. And I think now at this point that Trey Brown has definitely played himself back into consideration for that left cornerback spot. And Devin Witherspoon, who didn't even play in this game, he might have been the biggest winner of the group by simply not being out there. Mike Jackson not taking advantage of the snaps he had. And Trey Brown had a good game, not a great game. So the rookie is looking at coming back potentially next week and having a chance to compete at that spot. As for Jarek Reed the second. There was a touchdown run by Deuce Vaughn, the rookie sixth-round pick for Dallas, a player that I really liked in the pre-draft process out of Kansas State. It was an impressive 14-yard touchdown, but Reed had a chance to bring him down and badly miss the tackle. There were a few other plays where his pursuit angles were not on point. It still seems like he's swimming a little bit, trying to figure some things out in this defense, playing multiple positions, both safety spots as well as nickel corner and that was not the performance that he needed because Jonathan Sutherland made some plays out there once again. The Seahawks really liked the undrafted rookie out of Penn State. This was a game where Jarek Reed the second needed to build off how he played last week against Minnesota, and that didn't happen. A couple of missed tackles. There were some plays in coverage where it looked like he may have been a little bit out of position. He's going to have to really elevate his game because, again, this is a late-round pick. There's no guarantee that you were making this football team, especially with Jamal Adams set to come back in the near future. Jonathan Sutherland coming on as an undrafted rookie. He's going to have to finish the preseason strong against Green Bay. I don't know at this point if he is a lock to make this football team, and that's not something I expected to say because I really like the college tape. He's still got time to build off that, but uh, this is a very competitive safety group, and that was not a great performance by number 32 out there. He needs to pick his game up after a subpar performance against the Cowboys. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever 
wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode. Coming up on Monday, I'll be rejoining Rob Rang. The two of us will dish out our weekly Monday musings, in-depth observations coming out of this preseason victory over the Cowboys. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thanks for listening to this Locked on Seahawks postgame show. Go Hawks!